didn't call bank. bank, bank, bank. Ready? Didn't call bank. From half court. It's gone! He banks it in! G'day everyone. Welcome to episode 5 and a special episode of Didn't Call Bank. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter or X or whatever you subscribe to. I'm joined by the man himself, Will Guillory from The Athletic. You've seen him all over, you know... The articles, Twitter, or whatever you want to call it. Will, beat writer for the Pelicans. How are you going, mate? Thanks for taking the time. I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you for having me on. Waking up a little early to talk to me. So it's good. We got a slight time difference here, but we're making it work. It's a beautiful thing. I tell you what, it's funny. The uh, I think it was probably the pandemic that changed it all when, you know, you could just text anyone on the other side of the world and say, hey, I've got. 13-hour time difference, but can we use the technology to make it work? And, uh, you know, that's the magic that we have in this this world these days. Um, the Pelicans, to dive straight in, we're uh, three-quarters of the way see- oh, the season through already. Um, we just had the All-Star break. It flew by, huh? Man, oh. this thing is flying. Oh, i tell you what, um, it feels like we just started the season and we're already here. Yeah. I How feel like you I was feel? just there talking to Matt Ryan about this debut in, in Memphis, like yesterday. The Matt Ryan game, that's what I call it, the, the season debut for this season. Yeah, and, and so how have you found this season um, so far? It, it's definitely been a, a, a very interesting season. It's been a fun season just for one reason and one reason alone. Let's, let's knock on wood a little bit. I've been able to watch a healthy Pelicans team. This is my eighth year covering the Pelicans. This might be my first time ever covering a healthy Pelicans team for an extended stretch going back to even the Anthony Davis days. I mean, being able to watch what we've just been talking about for the past couple of years, what's it going to look like with Zion, B.I., C.J. all on the court together? How are they going to make this thing work? And we've been able to see what it looks like for an extended stretch. Now, C.J. was dealing with uh, his lung issue earlier in the season, We've seen Zion in and out of the lineup a little bit for hit little knickknack injuries here and there. But for the most part, this entire season, we've been able to see those three guys go through their ups and downs, have amazing games, have games where they blow it in the fourth quarter. And I think while there's been some frustration, some some joyous moments, I think these are kind of the, the ups and downs that you want to see a team go through so they can learn how to play together. And when you get to this point in the season, March and April, all right, now what are you made of? What are you going to do once we get to the playoffs? How are you going to match up against some of these teams that have years and years of experience and are and know what it's looking like when, when the playoffs start, where this team is still trying to learn what that's like and what it, it takes. So I think it's been fun to see these guys figuring out during the course of the season, and I do think it's also been promising to see when they do have it together, 
they can be very dangerous. And I think that's the one thing. It, uh, it's one thing to cover a team and you say, oh, they, these guys got some some fight in them. But with this team, you can see, man, when they play well, uh, they can beat pretty much anybody. I completely agree. And, you know, we've. I think you can almost break the season up into that sort of first bit where everyone's trying to figure it out, CJ with the lung issue. So then again, we didn't see the uh, the big three uh, start out, you know, quite in the fashion that we would have liked. Then there was the teething issues in December. You know, we were giving up those late leads, dropping a few games, and there was the um, the infamous in-house meeting with just the players and, you know, they pulled, <laughs> pulled each other together and, and all of a sudden started going on a tear. And we saw in, in the doldrums of the NBA season, January, fighting through a really tough schedule, coming out above 500. And now, what are we, 11 games above 500 or thereabouts? heading into, you know, that final stretch. If we mirror that to last season, what have you seen being closer around the team this season versus last season, I suppose, up until the All-Star break? It's probably hard to cast your mind back being in and amongst it that closely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we were kind of, you know, joking about this before we started recording, but last year around this time, we were talking about Zion Williamson recovering from that hamstring injury in January, and it was the question of, is he going to come back? What's he going to look like when he comes back? Can he help save the season? Because once he went out and, and B.I. was out at the same time, the bottom really fell out. They lost 10 in a row. They went from 1-2 in the West to kind of fighting just to hold on for a playing spot at the end. So uh, at this point last year, it was kind of, man, can this team prevent themselves from kind of falling off the tracks, right? Can they can kind of get their stuff together? And in the end, the answer was no. They they weren't able to get their stuff together. They made it to the plan. They lost. The season was over. Uh, and obviously there were some reasons behind that. But I think now going into this, well, coming out of this all-star break, you see a lot more promise. You see a lot more, you know, quiet confidence about who they are and a lot more uh, just optimism about what the, the next couple months are going to look like. Uh, not just because, like I said, when this team is playing well, they can compete against just about anybody. But the fact that if they are able to go in and really do something, then the future looks much different for this franchise. And then we're starting to talk about, hey, can these guys compete for a Western Conference title? Or if it goes the other direction, what are they going to do to kind of fix it? So I think we're kind of reaching that crossroads now where they really got to figure out who they are as a team and they have the potential to kind of take this thing to the next level, uh, but you got to go do it. Right. And that's the fun thing about what we're going to see with these games is they got to go out and prove it. There's no more talking. And now it's about showing who you are as a team and then responding accordingly. I completely agree. I think you've hit the, the nail on the head with that. You know, there's so much conjecture about the team saying, you know, they've got, this talent, they've got such a deep bench, they've got this ability to compete with anyone. But it's still just words on paper or it's, you know, people just talking into the ether until they go out and actually do it on the court. And I think that's what's been the most frustrating thing for, well, for me as a fan, I won't speak on behalf of everyone, but we can see how good they can be. We ran, um, you know, so many good teams home, you know, off the court at times, scoring you know, 150-odd points one night. Then the next night you come out and you can't crack 80. And I think that was that last sort of stretch where we ended up going, what, seven of eight, and they were just all ugly wins. But I suppose the difference between this year and last year with that is that would have been nine losses. You know, we can't score the Memphis game, scored 10 points in the last quarter. 
we lose that. We get beaten by 20 last year. This year. I mean, you yeah. could say in November they lose that game, right? Yeah. I, I think well, about yeah. those two losses in Houston, the two games they blew against John Morant in New Orleans. They were blowing those games just a few months ago, and, and now they're starting to win those games. Yeah, and I, what do you think that turnaround is? Is it a mentality thing? Is it a, I suppose, buying into defensive identity? or uh, what? Do you, what's your take on that, on the change? Yeah, I think part of it is what we've talked about. These guys just getting experience together figuring out what it takes, figuring out how to play together, how to kind of respond together. And I think also uh, with the amount of time that they've been healthy, I think Willie Green has figured out how to use Zion Williamson, how to put him in the best position uh, to succeed. And, and I think connected to that, the amount of time Zion has spent on the floor has allowed himself to become better physically throughout the course of the season. I think I've said this a few times over the past few weeks, I think this is the best Zion has looked maybe in his entire Pelicans tenure, just to forget about the numbers, just the way he's moving on the court, the plays he's making above the rim, the defensive plays he's making. I think just physically he looks better than maybe he has been ever looked since he's better been a pro. And I think that's obviously a big help when you're trying to win some of these close games. So, yeah, I just think having time together has been really important for this group. And also the amount of time Zion has been on the floor, it's allowed himself to really establish himself for what he needs to be for this team and how he can perform from night to night. And I think you could just hear it in some of his, his comments after these games. His confidence is up. He dropping some cuss words and post-game interviews with Jen Hill. Uh, I mean, he's talking crazy to some opponents. You just see he's feeling himself a little bit because he's like, I don't have to be worried about what's going to happen or, oh, man, what's going to – if I fall down, how is my leg going to react? Or if I go to the back, is the, the world going to come crashing down? I think – He's feeling good about himself. His body is in a really good place. And, you know, when when he's playing at a higher level, uh, this team is a very, very good team. Yeah, and I mean, credit to him and his team and the Pelicans and, you know, their staff for getting him in such great shape. Like, he looks fantastic. Like, I mean, I know he's had so much, you know, criticism and things about how he looks and his body and things like that, and I'm never going to be one to – jump on any of that sort of stuff but he just looks in for shape he looks fantastic he's playing like a man possessed you know that game winner against the spurs he looks as good as anyone in the league you know he what did he go down the whole court in like three seconds four seconds he moves yeah. so quickly for a guy that size six six you know he's a big unit yeah and they had the touch to finish it off at the top of the glass over a seven and foot not floor guy. Maybe to get to yeah, that that was insane. I mean, you gotta say that was the best play of his entire career up to uh, this point. Honestly, I replayed in my mind, which is probably I don't know, it's probably a weird thing to say, but I think about it a lot. I was like, geez, that was such a good shot. You know, they do the replay all the time, and every time you see a different angle, it's just like, oh, how did he do that? Um, but yeah, I agree. I think this turnaround from Zion and the establishment that he can be the guy, and. I think the only person that didn't truly believe it was him. And maybe at times he did, but, you know, going through all of the trials and tribulations that he had been through, he's seeing now that I can lead this team. We can win games when I'm playing well and the team goes as I go. And I, I like that delineation now where you've got, you know, the 1A Zion, 1B Brandon. And I really think there's that hierarchy starting to form, which in that, there's also nights where he recognizes, I don't have it going. They're throwing everyone at me, and the other guys do. CJ shooting 42%, you 
BI, you know, is, is cooking and delegating. And I, I love that change in mentality from him that I can lead, but sometimes leading isn't just going and scoring 40 points. Sometimes it's letting the other guy take over. Have you seen no, that I with the team? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're 100% right. Yeah, I, I definitely think that. I think, you know, the old saying is the, the t- in order to lead, you got to l- learn how to follow, right? And I think uh, I think that's something that we've seen from BI and Zion kind of learning what it takes to be a leader. And obviously it's been different for Zion because he spent so much time away from the court. But uh, I think this is, uh, I think we're, we're talking about two different things here. One, I think him learning how to lead on the court is partially just him figuring out how to play with uh, BI and CJ and figuring out that spacing and, you know, CJ adjusting his game to taking more threes, doing less on the ball and that sacrifice kind of speaking to Zion and BI and saying, Hey, Look at how I'm sacrificing. You guys need to sacrifice in your game. You're you're seeing, you know, Bi and Zion scoring down a little bit. Shot attempts are down a little bit, but they're they're making that sacrifice to to not be so caught up in their numbers and feel a need to to show that they're all stars. They're trying to make all the right plays. I think you especially see that from Zion just in the, when he's playing point guard, his unselfishness and his ability to make the right plays when teams are double teaming him. Uh, but I think off court with Zion as a completely different thing. And I think uh, you talked about the the meeting they had early in the season. I think that was a huge moment for him. And I also would throw on that, that in-season tournament loss to the Lakers in Las Vegas. And I wrote about this after the game and I, and I likened it to LeBron losing in the finals uh, with the Miami Heat. And I think for Zion throughout his career, he dealt with so many injuries. And he said this the other day that he's rarely been healthy at this point in the season when the games start mattering and the whole world is watching. And I think for so many of these superstar level guys, when you grow up and you're the man and everybody's telling you how great you are from age 15 up to 21, 22, you don't have that self-reflection a lot of times. And I think the only way you get it is by taking that huge L in front of the whole world. And I think you see it so often with stars. We can go back to Mike losing to the Pistons. We can talk about Kobe losing to the Celtics. You can go through every superstar and and a pivotal point in their journey was when they lost Uh, and having to deal with that and having to look in the mirror and say, okay, what do I need to do to fix this? Because I can't blame anybody else. Everybody's when the losses come, it goes on the star. So it's on the star to figure out how to fix it. And I think for Zion, him being injured so much, he never experienced that. He never had a big loss. I mean, the NC, we were talking about that going into the NCAA tournament. That was the first big game he played his entire pro career five years in. And he went in and got embarrassed. And I think it was a big moment for him because he had to sit back and say, okay, a lot of the world is saying crazy stuff about me and about my weight and I'm, and I'm eating the table and all that stuff. You know, you can throw that stuff out the window. But there was a lot of legitimate criticism about, hey, well, why are you moving like this on the court? Why aren't you showing up in a big game the way LeBron has done for 20 years straight? Why is LeBron a 40-year-old man playing with twice as much energy as you? Uh, that's a real conversation that should have been had. And I think experience and loss, I think, is so important for these guys. And I think we criticize them a lot when they lose. And, of course, we should. Uh, but we kind of sleep on what comes from these losses. And I think for him, that was a really big moment to experience a loss and look in the mirror. And I think that might've been the first time he ever did it his entire career. Cause so often he was able to get away with, well, if my hamstring wasn't hurt, well, if my foot wasn't hurt, then it would have been different, but it was like, nah, you were healthy. You went out and you got smacked. So, so now what? And I think you kind of see him respond since then. Yeah. And 
I think, yeah, exactly. You've, you've absolutely nailed it. I think by being challenged and by facing those difficulties on the court, um, as well as the ones that he had off the court, you know, there's two ways that you respond. You either fall in a heap or you say, how do I improve? What do I need to do to be like that? Uh, you know, yep. you, he's got plenty of role models and, and you know, examples throughout history, as you've said, of do you want to be the best or up there with the best? Well, this is what you've got to do. And, you know, the majority of it is winning. And Pelicans so far, well, we haven't won a whole heap. Uh, you know, we get into the in-season <laughs> tournament and we get slapped there as well. Um, you know, uh, this year uh, I've, I've seen a lot of, I suppose, chatter for uh, around the um you know, timeline for the most part about I think the play-in has got to be out of the question. I think we have to finish at least sixth for us to think, no, we've achieved something. That's the next step is make the play playoffs without having to go through that gauntlet. Do you think that plays any effect? What's your take on that? No, I, do, I do think it's an important goal. Do I think – uh, the, the, we shouldn't look at the season as a success if they don't. I mean, I'm not there because we're talking about them right now as the the sixth seed and they're 11 games over 500. They finished the season 11 games over 500. I would say that's a success. Yeah. You know, even you know what I mean? They, they, they haven't done that in a very long time. Uh, uh, but I do think that you got to have those greater goals. And I do think if you get into the plane, you lose twice a season over, you, it feels like a much bigger failure, right? Yeah. Regardless of what this, the, the record says. So I think being able to dodge just that, that you know, that uh, possibility uh, of having the, your season on the line, I think is a big win for them. Uh, but I do think that's a, a realistic goal for them that they should uh, try to go after is being in, above that line, uh, just to have that hey, we did it type of moment. You know what I mean? Because I think even if you do make it to the first round, you're going to go against a really great team, you lose, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk of, okay, do you still consider this season a success? And I think that's something we can talk about down the line, but I do think just having that little win of saying, okay, we finished above the playing line, we made it this far, we're, we're progressing in the right direction, I think is important uh, for everybody involved. But like I said, ultimately – they're going to be judged by how they play in those postseason games, whether it be the play-in or a first-round matchup against Team X. That's where we're really going to judge this team. And I think putting yourself in a position where your season isn't on the line in a one-game do-or-die type of situation is the best way to kind of uh, give yourself a little bit of cushion, right? Yeah, and the, just the rest. You know, I think we did the play-in game and what had two days and then we were – when we ended up making it in, you know, then you're playing Phoenix two days later, starting a playoff season uh, series, first time for, you know, a long time. There's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. You're also just been, you know, coming off the highs of winning. I mean, when we did get in against Phoenix, we had the you've got to fight Clippers game and, you know, everything's <laughs> blasted all over the TV and you're hyped on that. And all of a sudden you met with a really good team. Um, the playoffs is a completely different animal. And unfortunately, we're not really battle-tested in that realm. You know, you have to sort of take your your lumps with the in-season tournament, with the playing games, and say, well, all right, it's going to be like that, amped up again. Um, on that, what has, I suppose, to change tact a little bit, what has surprised you this season? I mean, this is completely away from the playoffs, all that. What surprised you about this team? I mean, uh, there's been a lot of sort of upside, downsides. Anything yeah. that surprised you? 
I think on a just on a small scale, Herb Jones being a forty percent three point shooter, whoo! I did not see that coming. <laughs> that changes the equation quite a bit. When you talk about that dude playing defense like that, and he's shooting forty percent on threes, uh, that that thirteen million a year is a is an extreme bargain. Uh, I would say that's the first thing that kind of popped into my mind. Uh, but but on a much bigger scale, I would say kind of something you alluded to earlier, just kind of how vast uh, the, the the ups and downs have been for this team, how good they've looked when they've been good and how bad they've looked when they've been bad. Uh, I think this is something I've tried to write about throughout the course of the season. It's just like from night to night, you really don't know what team you're going to get, even down to like, is Zion going to score 25 tonight or is he going to score 12? Is B.I. going to have 27 and 11 assists or is he going to have four shots going into the fourth quarter? Uh, you really don't. Are they going to be amazing on defense or are they going to give up 87 in the first half? I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, when you see when they're playing well, what the formula should look like and how good they can be and if, if everything clicks. Uh, but I think just their uncertainty night to night about what they're going to be, how they're going to play, which guys are going to step up. Uh, I think it's been kind of uh, crazy because I don't. I just don't think you see that very often in the NBA, right? Especially at this late into the season. For most teams, you say, okay, uh, when you watch a Nuggets game, you know Jokic is going to lead them in scoring. He's going to lead them in rebounds. He's going to probably lead them in assists. Jamal Murray is going to be right behind him. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be right behind him. And they kind of figure it out from there. And you can say that about every team, right? Shea is going to have his 30. Jalen Williams is going to be right there. Uh, but with this team, you really don't know who they're going to be, who's going to step up. And I think it's a credit to them that they have so many guys that it could be Najee Marshall tonight. It could be Trey Murphy. It could be Jose Alvarado. I think that's what's allowed them to be this good is that they play together. And any given night, it could be somebody we don't expect or somebody that hasn't had a good game in two weeks. And now he's got 20 and 10. Uh, but I do think once we get to this point in the season, it's important to walk into the gym and know who you are as a team and know how you're going to win. And I think that's the big question for this team is when their back's against the wall, what can they depend on? And I think I don't really know if they have an answer to that question yet. I know they have a lot of really good players. I know those players are have, capable of having good games, but are they going to get to the point where they're going to walk into the gym and say, I know what Zion is giving me tonight. I know what B.I. is giving me tonight. I just don't know if they're there yet. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it makes it really tricky when you're working towards a successful season, you know, we could win 50 games this year, which is unheard of, um, you know, all of a sudden, and you're still only going to finish sixth or fifth, or, <laughs> which is outrageous. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's strange to see these teething issues so late into a season when, you know, a lot of other teams are starting to figure it out. And I'm hoping, you know, well, they, had, they were back in practice today that this last 27 games is their figuring out. You know, we head into a playoff team hungry with an identity, with a, a, a clear idea is this is what we want to do. B.I. is going to get his 25 or 22. Z is going to get his 22. You know, more point Zion, as we've seen in the other media all over. We need to see more of that. Um, and that's just another debacle that I don't need to get into. But, um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, we're seeing, I suppose, the growth, but with that, the growing pains. And I'm hoping that we're starting to get to the point 
that we outgrow those growing pains and, and we become what we're meant to become because we've seen five years of it and we're, we're getting to that point where it's like, all right, guys, what are we now? You know, you're getting expensive. Um, and, and there's going to have to be decision-making soon, I imagine, on, on one way or another. I I just, just based off the, the finances, they're going to have to make some decisions yeah. qu- quickly, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and once that happens, you know, are they going to pay the luxury tax? We still haven't. Who knows? You know, that's that's the big question. Do you go all in with these guys or, or does that mean that you have to break it up? Um, you were at training this morning or you uh, and, and saw the guys at practice. Uh, anything come out of that? Everyone looks all right. Uh, I haven't seen much of the media having only woke up. an hour ago yeah i I think (laughs) right exactly i think the one notable thing is that uh brandon inger wasn't at practice today he's got a non-covid illness he's questionable going into the game tomorrow uh so we'll see just how he's feeling uh got a little bit of that all-star flu so we see (laughs) if he kind of gets gets back uh you know feeling a little bit better with a night of rest under his belt uh from what i've heard i don't think it's anything too serious but we'll just see how he's feeling tomorrow and i think you know, relevant to your broadcast, I, I thought it was a, a nice surprise to walk in and see Dyson Daniels at practice today. Obviously, he wasn't participating in anything, but he's in the gym. He's around the guys. They're using good spirits. So I think that's a good thing because, uh, you know, a lot of times guys, you know, when they undergo procedures or stuff like that or when they're about to undergo procedures, they kind of go off on their own. They deal with their own guys, own trainers and stuff like that. And I think there's a good possibility he ends up sticking around with the team uh, probably being at games and stuff like that, which is, I think is going to be important for him. Uh, just his development, being around and getting to see things, but also uh, just having that positive energy. I think that's important for a lot of guys. We've talked about this in the past with Zion, when he's dealing with injuries and how just being away from your teammates can kind of drag you down. You can get caught up in a monotony of rehab and you get lost. And I think just being around the guys, especially these guys, I can tell you, you can't be around Jose Alvarado and have a bad day. Uh, you know, it's just not possible. He's going to lift you up. So I think that's a good thing for Dyson is that if he's rehabbing with the team, being around the facility, those guys are going to pick him up. Uh, so I think that was a good thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think the one thing to keep an eye on is just uh, if B.I. is going to play tomorrow, and if not, you know, how does that affect everybody else? Yeah, man, and on Dyson, um, you know, it's so tough. It seems like every time he just yeah, starts getting a bit tough. of confidence and starts really digging in and becoming a real important key member, it's injured. And, you know, and it's unfortunate injuries, that ankle he had and then the knee. Yeah. Like, I mean, so frustrating. And, you know, for us, we're heading into an Olympic year. Um, so, right, yeah. you know, I don't really want him on the sidelines for that. I think, you know, he has a real opportunity to show out on, you know, arguably the biggest world stage. Um, so good if you can get that knee right. And, um, you know, meniscus is nothing to, to muck around with. So hopefully, uh, you know, he can get that sorted. Sound like the surgery all went well from all the reports and everything. So now it's just about getting that, that knee right, getting the strength and the confidence back into it. And um, you know, we've seen him. He's a confidence player. When he when he gets those the opportunity, he takes it. It's just about uh, you know maintaining consistency and and continuing to evolve. I mean, still what twenty year old kid, twenty one year old kid. I know. <laughs> I always forget how young he is, man. He's still he's still a baby. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, I, I'm sure you were excited watching this game, and I tweeted this right when the news came out. Man, I thought he was so freaking good in that Clippers game yeah. right before the All-Star break. He was just – him and Herb were unbelievable in that game, defending, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He had those couple blocks on Russell Westbrook. He had the play where he kind of picked James Harden's pocket in transition. That was a play I, I like. I never seen that play before. What James gets into that Euro, and I just thought he was so good in that game, man. I just think uh, I feel really bad for Dice because uh, we know he's dealt with his ups and ups and downs with his offensive game. Uh, but what you see, just like you said, when he's feeling confident, he's a different type of player, and you saw that confidence coming around. So it's just unfortunate. For him to have this little setback, but I do think the good news is that, like I said, he's been around. The team hasn't ruled him out for the playoffs yet, so that tells you that he's relatively, you know, close to coming back. So the hope is that maybe he has a chance of being in the playoffs, and if that's the case, I would say he has a great chance of playing over the summer in the Olympics. Yeah, man, I'm excited for that. You know, it'd be great to get him back, have a fully healthy team, uh, and you know, really make a, a playoff run, and and then the Olympics, hopefully trying to medal. I mean, it's a pretty stiff competition these days. The leagues just keep getting better and all the other teams just keep improving and the boomers are still looking for a center. So, you know, we'll try, but um, who knows? Got the secret weapon Ben Simmons coming, man. You good. Oh, no worries. He's been coming for years, but yeah, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. We, you know, put a candle out for him, please. Ben, Ben, play. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows whether he plays or not. I don't know if anyone's going to beg him, but uh, we'll see. Um, but Will, honestly, I appreciate you taking the time. It's been really great to, to you know, just have a chat with you and, and talk Pelicans. It's been much too long, and you know, um, thanks for making it work on your was it Wednesday evening? Um, you know, we've got a big season or well, the remainder of the season ahead. Um, can you let us know what's coming up? Do you have any anything in the pipeline? Anything bubbling along? Yeah, I'm probably gonna uh, post something tomorrow. Uh, I guess it'll be today for you on <laughs> on uh, just some of the, the numbers I'm looking at, you know, for the second half for the season, well, the, the 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 last quarter of the season, I should say, uh, some of the important details like you know Trey Murphy shooting or you know figuring things out with the the specific lineup. So that's something I want to look at, and also I think I just want to. Uh, write something soon on just how big this moment is going to be for Zion. I think a lot of the stuff that we said about this team, how important this moment is going to be uh, for showing what they're made of. I think a lot of that is true for Zion, uh, kind of being on this stage and showing what type of superstar he's going to be. So uh, I think that's something I'm looking forward to seeing and, and writing some point for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll be keeping an eye out for that. It'll probably be the uh, the evening time for me. So a bit of light reading before I go to bed, which, uh, you know, looking forward yeah. to to doing that. And, uh, you know, a huge uh, fan of your work, mate. You're right, fantastically. And, and we appreciate everything that you do for the Pelicans and, and the fans being able to get that access that you provide. So thank you very much, mate. And um, to everyone out there, go and follow Will Guillory. What was it? At Will Guillory on Twitter, oh, X. Um read his stuff at the athletic it's fantastic you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not reading it it's one of the great insights will thank you very much for joining us on on didn't call bank and to everyone out there listening thanks for tuning in this has been didn't call bank episode five i am your host lyle swithenbank at lyle swithenbank on twitter at will guillory give him a follow as i said before stay safe out there and of course bye for now
Call Bank.